My entitled family treats me horribly, forcing me to work at a family business and blaming me for everything along the way. But after dealing with this for so long, I simply had enough and I decided that it's time to get some revenge. So I go out of my way to destroy their business and get it shut down forever. Here's what happened. So for a bit of background, a few years after I started university, a friend of my mother's who we'll call Cook, that's not their real name, started what can be generously called a restaurant in a small town a couple of hours outside of the city we lived in. It was really a glorified hot dog stand in a golf course. My mother had invested money into this business, so she had a personal stake in ensuring its success. That meant that she would often enlist us to be a waiter when she could not do it herself, and that would include my brother and myself. And let me tell you, my brother hated this guy, though I don't blame him. Cook had no idea how to run a business, and he was completely uninterested in learning. He was also completely computer illiterate and had me set up the Google account for his business. And in order for us to get to work in his business, he would pick one of us up from our home, drive us two hours or so out of town, and we were basically stuck there until we were driven back due to the fact that neither of us had a driver's license. And since my brother had problems with this guy, I was the one who more often than not had to spend two to ten days at a time there, stuck in a barely livable house until I was let back home. My mother was no better. She would often volunteer us and tell us that we would be working two days in the middle of the week, making job hunting a very difficult thing for my brother and I. Furthermore, she treated us not as employees, but as her children. And thus, any mistake was clearly our fault, and not because neither of them could train staff, use a computer at all, manage a business in the slightest, or utilize my brother and I in the most effective way, especially considering my brother had already graduated university, and I was working towards a double major in business. Furthermore, they were completely unprofessional. They would host shouting matches in Chinese, where customers could hear it, and the kitchen was filthy, despite Cook's insistence that the kitchen was the cleanest place in the restaurant. Yeah, right. An ice rink was less slippery than the ground in there, and he would routinely touch cooked food after handling raw meat, and I distinctly remember sweeping up what I thought was a green bell pepper, only to realize that it was a moldy onion ring. Even the stove area was dripping with grease. Literally a giant drop landed on my arm one time. They could not train staff at all. They had hired five people in the first year, and none of them came back the next. Cook, in particular, was especially two-faced in how he handled customers. He would smile at them and greet them, remembering details from previous conversations, and then turn to me and say in Chinese about how they're all stupid and they're retired and they have too much time and money on their hands. All of this left a great feeling of resentment for both me and my brother. Not only was it effectively trapping us to work for this completely incompetent individual, but we would basically be getting nothing out of it. This was especially frustrating for me because as a business student at the time, I could see all the places they could improve. I even offered to write up some policies, do some inventory management, and take a look at the administrative side just to help out and get some experience for myself. But they kept insisting that they didn't need it. And sure, we were paid the bare minimum and the guy did know how to cook, but we have to bear the brunt of their frustration while hiding the fact that we were sick of helping out. And that led all the way up until we just simply couldn't do it anymore. Last year, I graduated university. It was not as happy of a time as it should have been because my grandfather passed away the week before. I couldn't even celebrate the night before I walked the stage because I had to give part of the eulogy the previous day and I had to mediate an incident between my brother, my mother, and the cook. All because my mother simply couldn't do it. So no pre-graduation shots for me because I was stuck on the phone for three hours listening to how insensitive Cook was over the fact that my grandfather had just passed
passed away. But I figured that once I walked the stage and I had my diploma in my hand, I could spend the next week or so job hunting. But that was no dice. Immediately after I graduated on Monday afterwards, my mother volunteered me once again, telling me that I had to work 10 days in that restaurant. And I lasted six days before the incident of this story finally happened. Now, by all accounts, it wasn't that busy of a day to start off with. There was a breakfast brunch for Father's Day that barely anyone attended, and most people that did show up wanted to order off the menu. But both Cook and my mother were incredibly stressed out, and both of them were taking it out on me. My mother spent the day micromanaging me and finding flaws in every little thing that I did, like cleaning an empty table, over clearing plates from a table out on the deck, over to not immediately refilling coffee or water when a glass or mug was half full, or just not touching a table every five minutes. Cook just kept shouting a lot and gave contradictory orders every two minutes. But it was the combination of my mother and Cook screaming at me for a mistake I didn't even make, refusing to listen to me, and Cook mocking me for breaking down in tears that made me realize that not only could I not handle it anymore, but I wanted to burn the place to the ground. I booked a flight out of the province that day and left a week later. I didn't even tell my mother when or why I left. Now fast forward to when I get some petty revenge. Remember how I said that not only were they completely unprofessional, but also completely computer illiterate? See, despite the fact that I was no longer in the province, I still had all the login information for the business. And furthermore, because I knew all the laws that he blatantly refused to learn, I then knew all the violations that he had committed in the business. So for the first part of my revenge, I signed out of his computer from my Google account. I don't think it was really necessary, since he never used that computer in the first place for anything, but I wanted to make sure that he and my mother wouldn't be able to stop me from what I was going to do. Before I left the province, I claimed the business in review sites using the email and the business phone number. Then I blasted every single review, positive or negative, with all the garbage he used to say about customers. Any negative review was immediately mocked, and any positive review was left with a note saying thank you or me calling them incredibly cheap. Any questions were met with hostility, and it basically boiled down to me saying I'm right and you're wrong. I also make mentions about how he didn't wash his hands in the kitchen, and the stuff they're yelling in Chinese are insults about uppity customers. Given that it was a tourist-based town, I'm fairly certain that the deep dip in sales that my brother mentioned later on was because of all the things that I did, and no one suspected a thing, because my mother and cook didn't know how to work the internet, and my brother didn't care enough to look up the business. Next, I meticulously documented all the complaints that I had between my brother and myself, as well as the ones from the few people Cook had hired, but never kept because he could not train them. I reported the two times that I slipped in his kitchen, incidents where he refused to wash his hands in between handling salad and raw meat, simply because it took too long, and I handed those off to the health service department. I also anonymously informed the tax revenue agency that he was severely under-reporting income, as employees were instructed only to write down the credit and debit receipts to report in sales. The third part of my revenge wasn't really my part to be honest, rather it was because of his own incompetence. As I said before, he was completely computer illiterate. I didn't even have to lock out the person he hired to do accounting, because he didn't bother reporting his expenses, except hand them a garbage bag full of receipts. To be honest, I felt kind of sorry for them, but because their hands were tied, they could not dispute any of the claims that I made. What I did do, however, was text them all the things that my mother and cook said about them, so they wouldn't even bother trying to defend him. They then quit about a month before everything went down, meaning that Cook was left holding the bag. So naturally, given that the business wasn't making near as much money 
money to make rent, let alone pay off all his fines that he was being slapped down with, the government repossessed everything, from everything in the dinky little house that he was renting for business purposes, to every single fork and knife that he bought. Because of all the health code violations, he couldn't find a job as a cook again, which was his only job for about 30 years. And because the tax revenue agency knew how bad he was with managing businesses, they naturally denied him when he requested a permit to open up a growing operation. As far as I know, he's no longer in contact with my family, but his brother-in-law, who is my mom's hairstylist, mentioned that he had to move somewhere else to get away from all the bad reputation. My mother mostly just got off scot-free because all the business permits were under his name, but she lost quite a lot of money, and last I heard from my family, had to move into a smaller house. And the best part about it is that no one knew that I was the one who did all of this. My brother suspected it as he relayed details of what happened to me, but I never confirmed it. But even if he did know, it's not like he would tell my parents in the first place, because he hated that place just as much as I did. As for me, I'd like to say that everything's sunshine and roses, but my decision to impulsively move provinces has had its ups and downs. I did manage to find a place to live and a place to work, so at least I'm alive and living. It is hard, but I'd rather be doing this than ever go back there. What a crazy story. You literally went out of your way to destroy that business. You seriously must have been hurt pretty badly by these people to not only report them to the state, but basically to hit them in every angle you possibly could think of. And that is awesome in my opinion. Because seriously, the way they were treating you was completely inappropriate. They were taking their frustrations out on you specifically, and that's not fair for you in the slightest. Like, you did not deserve to be treated like that at all. So hopefully your mom and this cook can learn their lessons that maybe they need to run their business a little bit better in the future. Otherwise, their careers as well as their money is just going to go down the drain once again. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. I'm convinced that my husband has a second family with two other children that I don't know about, and I honestly don't know what to do. So for a bit of context, we've been married for 20 years. In 2017, I found him engaging in online affairs. Now, that's all I've found evidence of, but I've lived the entire time with the feeling that something was wrong, because everything you'd expect a remorseful person to do and think, he's the complete opposite. He's also randomly critical and impossible to get along with, and displays other behavioral red flags. So I was always suspicious, but I never could come up with anything that fit. At the end of last year, something happened and I finally zeroed in on someone. Quickly, everything began falling in place. All the questions I've had and observations about unusual behavior patterns all started to really click together. And with that, a lot of memories began resurfacing of things I didn't know the significance of at the time. It all fits. I've speculated on various possibilities in the past, but my suspicions never lasted longer than a few days. This time with this woman, it's been since October, and I haven't been able to shake it since. The more I put it together, the more it adds up. I don't have anything concrete, but I feel strongly that he's been having an on-again, off-again affair with a younger married woman and is the biological father of her two sons, who are about four years old and two years old. I think she was probably in the picture in 2017. I know she's not the only one. That discovery was an entirely different person, and she was one of the many online affairs. He was also on all the dating apps, but swore nothing physical ever happened. Both of the kids remind me of my son, and my 17-year-old daughter even commented on how they look weirdly like her brother when he was young. Here's the main point. Recently, I was searching for a file, and I saw the folder with Facebook data that I pulled in 2020. I found in his ad interests the words bunk bed, infant, lawyer, lawsuit, teddy bear, and 
and motherhood, on top of a plethora of other interests. In his market searches, it goes over a bunch of children's clothes, like Dino Skeleton Lamp, a loft bed, a student desk, Mickey Mouse pocket watch, a Catwoman costume, and here's the other kicker that comes along with it, an engagement and wedding ring. Now mind you, our kids are fully grown. The youngest is a senior in high school, and we don't have anyone close with kids that age to buy for. And there's no way in the world he'd think of ever buying me a $4,000 bracelet. He has criticized every dime I've spent for years. And in that same vein of thought, there's no way I would ever let him buy a $4,000 bracelet. To me, this is the first concrete evidence I've found to back up my suspicions. But I've been suspicious for so long and had to accept less than satisfactory explanations for questionable things so many times that I have a hard time determining what's a big deal and what isn't. His explanation is always along the lines of saying, oh, I don't remember. Or even saying, I have no idea why I would ever look at that. A couple of years ago, around the same time this was pulled, he left a tab open on his computer where he'd been looking at legal sites about divorce, specifically the laws for child support in our state. At the time, he'd been irritable and we were arguing a lot. And I assumed he was thinking about our kids, but even that upset me because he's always insisted that he wanted to stay married. He did then too, but said that he was just looking at it in case I decided to divorce him. About a year before that, the same thing happened, except it was adultery as grounds for divorce in our state in the search bar. He gave me the same explanation, though it never sat right for me for a few reasons. For starters, I have been the one putting all the work in to try and fix things, and he always maintained he never did anything physical, so it wouldn't even be an issue. He said he didn't know that for sure, and that's why he looked it up. There has also been two incidents, once in 2018 and once in 2020, where I found him looking at pregnancy-related stuff. At this point, I have reason to believe he won't ever leave me. There's no way our kids or his parents would ever be okay with it. I feel pretty sure it's all just a fantasy, largely spurred by this other lady, but it's something that he would never act on. I have no idea if or how much her husband knows about the situation. I'm also sure that my husband will continue to deny anything he hasn't already confessed to, and that he feels both trapped in the affair and in the marriage, and in guilt, shame, and lies, and isn't brave enough to do anything to get out of it. That doesn't mean I want to stay married if this is true. I would forgive him for anything if he just showed me true remorse for it. But if it comes to that, he is honestly past hope, and so is our marriage. He knows of my suspicions, and claims he's never spoken to that woman but like three times. They attended the same church as us, and he always refers to her as that woman, as if I'm questioning him like he's Bill Clinton or something. I then asked him that if that whole family moved away tomorrow, and you never saw or heard of them ever again, would it have any impact on his life? He said without hesitation, I would not care at all if I never saw them again. It makes no difference to me. The man I married would not have been able to speak a lie of that caliber without emotion giving it away. So now I'm honestly at a loss and I seriously don't know what to do. This is seriously a sticky situation because it sounds like this guy is absolutely gaslighting you and you've already caught him once talking to women online, which is not okay in the slightest. And sure, all you have right now are just assumptions about his character and what he's actually doing, so it's hard to pinpoint if he's telling the truth or if any of this is even real in the first place. But I mean, a lot of the stuff really does point to him basically cheating on you. I mean, the pregnancy stuff, as well as the stuff about the toys, as well as about how he can get divorced and basically get away with all of this or something along those lines. I mean, it all is super sketchy, so it honestly makes sense that you would be suspicious. So it's hard to say what you really should do. There are two possibilities. Either he's telling the truth and this is all just a weird circumstance, or he really is cheating on you and he really 
really does have a second family. I think if you really wanted to get to the bottom of this, you could hire a private investigator, but if there's nothing that comes out of it and he finds out, it could eventually lead to some more friction in your marriage. So hopefully, regardless of what you decide to do, it all works out for you. Because based on what you've described, this definitely does not sound like a good situation. And hopefully for your sake, as well as your kid's sake, your husband isn't cheating on you with another woman. My boyfriend broke up with me because I am having trust issues with him. And I want to go back and have a second chance with him, but I'm just not sure if that's a good idea. And I seriously don't know what to do. So my boyfriend and I were together for four and a half years. We only saw each other once a week due to distance and schedules. My relationship was far from perfect, but we loved each other from the day we first met and understood each other in ways others never could. Still, we're both very stubborn and always wanted to be right. But most times, it didn't get in the way. The major problem we had was this female friend of his, whom I suspected was trying to get with him. He always defended her, thinking I was simply being jealous, until she told him that she liked him. They were apart for some time, and he didn't tell me for a couple of months. I was mad he didn't tell me, but things went back to normal. Eventually, she started being even more obvious, and I warned him, but he didn't believe me until she tried to get him to spend some quality time with her, if you know what I mean. He lied to me about where he was, spent time alone with her after that, as well as many other things, and only told me about it a few days later. Allegedly, he wanted to tell me face to face, but it just didn't happen. I was so hurt, and my trust issues came back. He eventually cut contact with her, and we created some boundaries, and I gave him this second chance. Things went fine during summer vacations, but in September, he went back to college, and I had to adjust to her existence again. The first time he went out with his friends, there were some minor issues that we sorted out, but these little things got to me and made me crazy worried about what could happen, to the point that I got angrier and angrier with her presence. Whenever he hung out with that friend group, I would get mad or sad pretty much no matter what happened. And whenever there was any sort of problem, I talk about everything all over again. And this last month, whenever something went wrong, I would almost always bring up how I couldn't fix my trust and that maybe it was easier if we just broke up. He then tried telling me that this was being unfair, as he had indeed changed his behavior and in the process even damaged other friendships just to make things better for me. He said that I needed to work on my trust, but I never listened because I was too focused on the fact that he hurt me and messed up before. Last month, it was the girl's birthday and he texted her and said it was to be respectful and to make sure his friends won't pull apart even more. Even though I understood what he meant, I felt like it was too much and I felt like he was hiding something and ended up asking to see his phone. He gave it to me, but I felt guilty and I just couldn't do it. Then he said I felt like we needed to either break up, which we both didn't want, so we chose to get some space and only act like friends for a while. We were out together supposedly as friends this weekend when we started to fight and I did many of the things I said before. He broke up with me, he felt like his efforts weren't appreciated, my lack of trust was a big issue, and all the instability was hurting him. I did not see the effort he was putting into making things better until we broke up. It all dawned on me after that. After reflecting, I realized I wasn't a good girlfriend this last few months. I used to do a whole lot of little things to make him happy that I just stopped doing because I was too self-absorbed on the idea that he was going to mess up again. I did feel the instability, but in my mind, he messed up first, so he was to blame for all of it. I know I never gave us a fair chance after what happened by acting the way that I did, but he told me that besides this, there really weren't any other problems. We decided to remain friends, but as he needed time, I promised I wouldn't contact him until April 15th. That being the day we're supposed to meet up so that I can return 
learn him some of his things. I'm starting therapy to help with my trust issues again this week and to help understand the reasons behind the rest of my attitude towards him and our problems. Right now, I decided on at least asking for a second chance. Besides fixing my issues and waiting, is there anything I could still do? Should I keep my promise and not contact him until April 15th? What if he texts me? I mean, how should I even act in that situation? Should I ask for a second chance that day if I feel I can act better than before? Or should I ask him later? What should I do? In my opinion, I don't think this is a good relationship. Your boyfriend not only really did mess up, but also you seem to be obsessing over the fact that he messed up. And yeah, towards the second half of your relationship, I can definitely see where there would be tension when he's trying to make things right. But at the end of the day, he did mess up first and you did give him a second chance. So I really do see both of you at fault. Like honestly, you both need to work on stuff. But in that same vein of thought, I think it's time to let this relationship go and move on. You two are clearly incompatible and you both are not going to work out in my opinion. And this honestly should have ended a lot sooner. So in my opinion, if I was in your shoes, I would not be looking to try and get back with this guy. I think you just need to let it go and get it over with quickly. That way you can mourn your loss and prepare to move forward with your life. Because honestly, this doesn't seem like a good relationship. And I think you can find someone who will treat you a lot better and will be much more compatible for you in the future. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.